racing. It's green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico. And he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Yeah, just a little bit of Green Light On Premier Racing podcast for late on in the weekend. Hello and welcome. Well, late on in the week, I should say. Welcome to the podcast. As always, when we're talking Meadows, straight off the top, I welcome the co-host. He's... Uh, what do we call him? Uh, really part and parcel of this uh, podcast, Corey Smith from the Meadows. And Smithy, uh, again, mate, last week on the mop, this week doing some cleaning. It seems like that's the the, the rule and the, the job that you've got at the moment down there at the MGRA. Anyone would be thinking that uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy cleaning, but that's not, not necessarily the case. But no, we're, it's that time of year, mate. We're a little bit quiet on the big race front, but uh, plenty of planning and plenty of cleaning up and making sure we're ready to go for that massive six-month stint towards the end of the year. Yeah, it's going to be big, isn't it? Uh, Phoenix again this year? Yeah, Phoenix again this year. We're uh, we're just kind of fixing up a few little things in the in the planning process of it, and we'll uh, we'll be going live with that. In, uh, in in the coming weeks, I'd say, Jimmy. Run of the week. I've gone straight into run of the week, almost cut you off, Smithy, because I want this one to be run of the week as a little bit of a topic. Now, it's around match racing. Um, I want to talk about match racing. In particular, we've seen Amron Boy and Kelsey Bell go at it. <laughs> wow, she's fast at Amron Boy recently. Even though this ended up being a field of five, um, what an amazing race it was. Uh, we saw Kelsey Bell running home hard at Amron Boy, who was just a little too strong. They got to Landon Bale. It was a... A mouth-watering race, yet there was only five starters. Here's how it played out. Top.com free-for-all, ready. Racing, beating quickly on the inside, Joliet Bale. Amron Boy's last early. Landon Bale's going to lead. Landon Bale led out from Joliet Bale. Up to third was uh, Kelsey Bale. Amron Boy sticking to the rail like glue. And last of all was Zipping Crusader. Leader was Landon Bale. Amron Boy got the inside. He's got six to make on. He's coming on strongly from Kelsey Bale. Leader Landon Bale. Amron Boy still on the rail. He drives through. He charges Kelsey Bale late. Amron Boy. <coughs> A length and a quarter over Kelsey Bale, who rattled home along the rail. Landon Bale knocked up. Big match race, really, for a field of just five, Smithy. I, I love the way that race played out. I think you could you could almost have made that a race of three. And what I'm getting at, I'm a big fan of match racing. The only knock to match racing is potentially turnovers not as good in a two-dog race. We then saw a five-dog race. I think the, the intrigue and the excitement around that is as good as any stock standard race I've seen. You could have almost left out Zipping Crusader and Joliet Bale. No disrespect to them. And just had Landon Bale, Kelsey Bale, Amron Boy. Why don't we start looking at doing three and four dog match races? I know well, it's not really a match race then, is it? But smaller fields where we're highlighting the champions of our sport. Because to see Amron Boy, Kelsey Bale coming to the line the way they were, getting past Landon Baylor. I think there's a future for three dog. Would, would you call them small field matching type races? I'm not too sure what it is, but I think we need to evolve and come up with ideas like this moving forward because nothing beats seeing the champs go head to head and seeing Kelsey Bell chase home Amron Boy after he powered away from her at Sandown Park. It was mesmerising. Yeah, look, there's obviously different ways that you can look at it. You can be positive or you can be negative about these match races, but I don't think turnover is too much of an issue. Um, the the turnover on the big match races, the, the ones with the real high-quality greyhounds match up to any eight-dog field. So I don't think it's that. It's more just an oversaturation of it. 
you could have greyhounds of the calibre of Amron Boy and where she's fast engaging in and a, and a Kelsey Bale engaging in a match race every single week and there'd still be eyeballs on it each and every week. Mm. But do you get to a point where there's oversaturation of it? And obviously there's no... Landon Bale's no slouch as well. He's a, he's a group one final, a multiple group one finalist, I think. And um, even make no promise who ended up being scrapped from the event. They're, they're greyhounds of, of high calibre and, and probably group one standard. So seeing them... In full fields, to me, I, I still think that's maybe not purest form of racing, but it's it's the most exciting form of racing. I think you could probably make an argument that Amron Boy might have lost the race if there was eight dogs in the field, mm. but uh, he was absolutely enormous, and we're, we're singing his praises, and so we should be because it was an absolute ripper. What I'm getting at, I reckon there's a place moving forward. We saw it last year, the, the Grade 8 series that commenced, I reckon, about this time last year where there were um, you know, good prize money races on for the elite company um, at Metro Tracks and at Provincial Tracks. I reckon there's a place that we can find where we're running something like the top five, the fields of five even, Corey. I, I'd love the idea of just having the five best greyhounds nominated for the meeting or for that respective distance and grade to, to, to go off in a, in a field of five. The Amron boys, the Kelsey Bales, you, you'd get the, you know, the Alpha Zulus coming through that want to have a throw at the stumps against the, the more proving campaigners, the baby JCs. I, I think this would just give those superstar greyhounds more options throughout the middle part of the year when maybe the racing's a little bit quieter, although we've got the Pink Diamond now, Brisbane's about to start, but it would probably retain more greyhounds to race here in Victoria uh, on a more consistent basis and maybe not travel as much if they had that option. Yeah, there's definitely, I, I definitely think we need to look at different ways to keep these greyhounds in Victoria. I think 27 went up to, uh, from Victoria up to Queensland for the Flying Amy and the, the Brisbane Cup preludes and obviously the Pink Diamond as well. So we saw Sandown with 10 races, seen low nominations at the city meetings for the last few weeks. So maybe innovations like this, yeah, they may work, but they also may oversaturate it mm. with, with the Country Cup match races and uh, like the Phoenix match race, the, the, the sports bet showdown that they had on Melbourne Cup. So there are plenty of these sorts of things. The shootout is obviously the, the original four-dog one. But, uh, yeah, look, I, I definitely think we've got to look at all avenues. Saturday's preview. That was a long, uh, long, long segment for run of the week, that one. But uh, something that you can have a think about at home and maybe uh, maybe just uh, send us a message through Spotify. Jesus, now someone else is calling me. Um, I'll just start that one again. Saturday's preview. The longest uh, run of the week segment I think ever recorded on the Green Line on Premier Racing podcast. But if you're sitting at home and you've got an idea that you think maybe there could be this style of racing moving forward, uh, let us know through Spotify. There'll be a question at the bottom uh, of the description. Moving on now to uh, Saturday night's preview. The plan is to uh, to catch up with Craig Burns, who's got a few runners going around. Uh, we'll chat about uh, his star as well, Tinker Norm, who is uh, a very, very good greyhound when he gets it all right. Looking forward to that. Uh, reception might be a bit of an issue, he's told me, so hopefully we can get a hold of him. But, uh, Smithy, not the the most elite of Saturday night race meetings, but sometimes they're easier to find a few winners. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's not what you come to expect around Australian Cup time or, or Phoenix time or anything like that, but it's a still a Metro card and there's still uh, 12 winners to be found. Gamache, race one, number four. This was an elite debut, won by 15 lengths, um, and I reckon draws the most winnable Metropolitan mix six and seven I've nearly ever seen. 
Yeah, look, there's a, a little bit of talent out wide in Kamiko and Dutch Wright, but uh, Gamache, if it, if it splits that 5-12 like it did last week, it'll be straight in front and uh, on the bunny. And 30-02 on debut, I think, with all the favours, with the, the room around it here, could uh, go even quicker. Yeah, I think the only pace comes from Kamiko and maybe Dutch Wright down the bottom, but, uh, yeah, the, the one and two I don't think are going to affect the uh, the scoreboard. So I'm keen on, keen on the four in race one. Now, race two, uh, we spoke with Lisa Delbridge, and you could hear Mark Delbridge in the background saying... Uh, Corborn Domino is going to be at the Meadows Saturday night, hoping for an inside draw. Now, he's come up with box number one, and I'm sitting on the fence, Smithy, because Aston Luciano was awesome in defeat last week, and now Corborn Domino's drawn box number one, and they were sort of tipping him as one of the greyhounds to follow from the, the Dalbridge Kennel. So I'm not really sure what to do. I, I'm almost going to go Corborn Domino because I think he can... He could almost lead from the, the rails draw, but he could also run Aston Luciano down the same way that Aston Luciano was run down last week by Zulu Blast. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Corborn Domino, obviously, uh, doesn't have that, that speed early, but he's super strong and he's a half to Corborn Magic. So mm. if you're kind of drawing lines that way, then maybe his, his future is going to be over further once he gets a bit more seasoning. But I'm with Aston Luciano here. I don't know what this dog needs to do to draw a box, but uh, box number five isn't too bad here. And 510 last week, 2988 overall. You've got to be a good dog to run those down. And Zulu Blast was last week, but uh, I think Aston Luciano is just getting better and better and should uh, be nice and prominent here early. Last six draws of Aston Luciano. Seven, seven, eight, eight, six, and now five. So, uh, I think it's a credit to uh, to Ash Terry and Nathan Rooney and and the whole team how well they've got him going, and, and a credit to the dog because he keeps finding himself in a striking position week in week out despite drawing these uh, tricky boxes. I think he's one to follow as well. Race number three, going with Cyber Truck. He's uh, he's a very very fast customer when he gets it all right. Um, I think he can jump. Maybe just about cross and lead. The problem could be Quested Bale going with him early. He's gone 29.89 at the track back in uh, January of last year. So it'd be a while between uh, between drinks in that sense for Cybertruck, but I think he can get the job done. Yeah, there's no faster dog in this race than Cybertruck, but whether he can cross Quested Bale, who is pretty reliable early, probably splits around that 5.12 mark. And if Cybertruck crosses, and it's all over. But if Quested Bale punches up, it could be a, a little each-way price, I think, for Quested Bale. I like uh, Quinlan Bale in the next. He got the job done for us at Sandown Park last week, bounced and, and ran. There's no reason, reason why he can't uh, do the same. He's a prolific winner now. He's won nearly 200,000, 27 wins out of 63. He's been a good dog for the, uh, the Gibbons Kennel. Yeah, certainly has big far lap. But uh, I'm with one of my old favourites here and Gary Stunon. I think Peacock will look to go to the rail. Gary Stunon will uh, just get a nice little position and he's super strong and this is the track and distance that he loves. So it should be an each-way play for me. Okie dokie. Race five, leg one of the quaddy. Uh, 600 metres, one to six win final. Trending Yale, I think, is the best dog in this race. Just needs maybe... A little bit of luck in the first 50 metres, just getting through that first corner untouched. I think if she can do that, she can win. Yeah, I'm with Trending Yale as well. Couldn't have uh, summed it up any better there, Jim. Just a little bit of luck early, and I think Trending Yale can win. Great minds, great minds, great minds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lord Ed Express for me in race six. Uh, pretty serious pup. I think we made this one the run of the week uh, from Sandown Park a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, off the off the cherry. Had a little bit of a freshen up after that uh, really, really impressive win at Sandown. And he looks like he's getting stronger, so he's the real deal, one to follow. Yeah, I'm with Lornet Express as well. The only concern is he's a bit of an all-or-nothing dog. 17 mm. starts for seven wins and no placings. I don't 
tend to like backing dogs like that, but uh, I think Lawnet Express wins this one from the I, inside. I reckon you'll see more placings from Lawnet Express now that he's up over 600 because I think he's just going to be a genuine front runner. And unless something like a crackerjack hawk was to lob right behind him, um, he's probably going to win. And, and if not, he'll, he'll probably run seconds and thirds. Where I reckon over the 500, if he didn't find the front, he was in a bit of trouble. Uh, race number seven, this one over the 525. Uh, I'm happy to take on Yachi Bale, uh, the Delbridge camp suggesting that. That he, he pulled up a little bit ordinary after the uh, the Brisbane trial, I think it was last time. So, yeah, look, I'm happy to take on Yachi Bale in a 500 metre race at the Meadows. I think he's clearly a better Sandown Park dog. I'm just not sure where to go apart from Yachi. So I might go with a two captain, Larry. I also have a close watch on the pink, but I am settling with uh, with Larry to win this one. Yeah, I'm with Captain Larry as well here. He's been really good his last two. Looks like he's back to that form that saw him find his way into an Oz Cup. But just a little interesting one here. Zivon Bale or Zivon Bale, however you want to say it, and Keep It Black are both having their 100th start. It's not often that you see two dogs uh, go into a free-for-all at the Meadows on a Saturday night, both having their 100th start. No, and it's it's one in 100 chance that they start at start number 100 in the one race, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know about the maths on that, but we'll roll with it, Jim. That was pretty poor for me. <laughs> Race number eight. Uh, I like Triumph. Uh, go back and watch that run last time out uh, at Bendigo. I reckon was almost a certainty beat. Um, there is speed with Aussie Rocks underneath, who's a little bit of a question mark over 700. There's Pell Violin in there who can do anything. Um, I'm pretty keen on Triumph. I'm, I'm almost making him one of my better bets of the night. There's, uh, there's quite a few dogs in this one that, that I've uh, done my dough on quite a few times, but I'm going to be with Aussie Rocks here stepping up to the 600. Went 507 a uh, couple starts ago at the Meadows. He brings that over the 600 here. I think the Ben Start will help him get away and get a little bit of confidence out in front. Race nine, I'm with a fire. was a, a big win, uh, a fast winner two starts ago at the Meadows. A reproduction of that. Uh, we'll see him very hard to beat. He's a recent acquisition to the Ed Barrett Jason Sharp team, and yeah, I think he's uh, he's a he's a greyhound to keep an eye on. It's an interesting one to fire. If you take out that run, I'm probably not keen on him. But 29.85, two starts ago at the Meadows in a race of this calibre, you just think this is mm. a certainty. But uh, it, it, I'm going to be with a fire. Probably the main danger for me is Dottie's gift out wide. But uh, yeah, I'm going to be with a fire here. But I'd love to see him do it again before I start uh, stumping up my hard end. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with Dottie's gift because she's had a crack at the. The staying journey against Untapped, obviously, in the the Pink Diamond series, and they've said, well, maybe now she doesn't run out that trip, we drop her right back to five hundred. Do you worry that she might be a little bit flat after that? Um, look, I, obviously, Robin Moore knows what he's doing much better than I do, so I'm I'm happy to back his judgment there. But uh, the races that it's been competing in, it's been beaten by Osprey Athena, Minister Mentor, Untapped, as you mentioned. I think this is a big drop in class. So if if there's anything that's going to suit over five hundred, it'll be a race of this caliber. Well said, uh, Smith Dog. Uh, race 10, I like number two in this one, Windy Storm. I just keep following him because I reckon he's got one of these Metro wins just sort of sitting there almost in the bank account. Uh, I think from box number two, he can camp right on the speed with the Red, who might be a little bit of a query at 500 metres at this early part of her career. So I'm pretty keen on Windy Storm and another one who's got that Minister Mentor form uh, behind Rotten Ronnie, behind Nitro Bale. So he's got a good form line and he's well drawn here in box two. Uh, I'm going to be with Run and Dynasty again. I think I tipped it last week and you took Windy Storm in the same race. So we're doing the same thing again here. Um, I'm just going to put a line through that 500-metre debut and uh, put a little faith in it and see if it can go better this week. Put a little faith in it. Uh, race number 11, thevictoolshop.com. Uh, who wins the 11th? 
Uh, I'm with Kanye Hustle for Matty Lanigan. It's mm. in good form. It's won three of its last four, and I think it's improving. Do you know why I like it? Why do you like it, mate? I like it because the three, Gangster Paradise, just goes straight up the track early. So I reckon Kenya Hustle's going to get a beautiful run. I'm, I'm sort of toying up between the one and the two because I thought Ferocious June was good last week too. Uh, almost got to Cosmic Sin uh, that we were yelling at the screen to get home, uh, me and you, Smith Dog. Uh, race 12, <laughs> the greatest name race I have ever seen. The Green Light on podcast, fifth grade. I am with Tan and Black, but I have a really big concern just where this Greyhound gets to early. I think if he had have drawn inside, I would be very, very confident. Um, from box eight, I think he's going to have to play the luck card. If he gets the luck, he can win. There's speed narrowly from box six. Hopefully that drags him across. Bailey Bear's another one who's got a, a nice motor drawn box number four. Thought it was a tough race, but I'm going with the Greyhound who, maybe not for this one, but he's definitely got the, the most scope of any runner uh, in this race. Yeah, I don't think anyone can argue that Tanner Black's not the best dog in this one, but uh, where it gets to in the run, that's my concern too, Jim. Could be posted wide, but if it gets into a decent position, then it should just be winning. So I'm going to have it on top as it loves this track and distance. Hunters Hunting Club Who's the best dog in Australia right now, do you reckon? Oh, question without notice, Jim yep. I, I like it um, Look, I'm going to be with Amron Boy Yeah, okay No, It's a good choice, good choice I like how we did the crystal ball at the start of the year And Did you pick Amron Boy? I think I did, yeah I reckon yeah. we all just about did I was with Amron Boy and He's had his knockers, uh, Mitchie Abaya, but um, no, <laughs> he's a fast animal. So, putters, putting club, uh, I am going to go Windy Storm. Um, what am I going to have on Windy Storm? Probably 15, actually $12.50 each way. $12.50 each way on race eight, number four, Triumph as well are my two uh, wages. Chances are you're going to lose. You can call uh, Gambler's Help, 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au for free online confidential support. Over to you, Smithy, for your punters punning club this week, mate. I'm going to have $17 to win and $33 to place on <laughs> Quested Bale just to mess with you. You really like to piss me off now. <laughs> I certainly do, mate. I'm going to keep you on your toes, mate. You earn the big bucks. Hey, get back in there, do some cleaning. Just as I let you go, I know it's only early and you probably haven't done the form for the Pink Diamond, but you will be working, mate, at the uh, the Pink Diamond coverage, which is obviously pretty exciting for Friday night. Uh, you'll be heading out to the bush. Do you know how to get to Warrigal? I do know how to get to Warrigal, mate. It's uh, only about an hour from where I grew up, so oh, okay. I know exactly how to get there, and I'll, I'll be enjoying it Pink Diamond night. There's some... Cracking greyhounds uh, going around, and I'm excited. Rejuvenate versus Unleash Glinda. It doesn't get much better than that. Just drive responsibly, because if Phillip Island's an hour from uh, from Warrigal, I'll go he. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Smithy. Thanks, Jim. Inside Info. Well, the man who has got a few runners going around at the Meadows this weekend and is currently in transit on his way down to Warrnambool. We're going to get the inside info, not just on the Meadows, but hopefully on Warrnambool is Craig Burns. Uh, Burnsy, welcome to the Green Light on podcast, mate. Afternoon, James. How are we? I'm going well. Uh, I'm just sitting on the couch pretty much recording this. You're doing the hard work on the way down to the bull. You've got four runners tonight, headlined by Tinker Norm, who's, I think, fair to say the kennel star. How are the confidence levels going into the bull tonight? Uh, yeah, we've got four on board. Uh, all four seem reasonably placed for this evening. There's a couple of challenges there. I think Mobile Legend or Normie's drawn Mobile Legend, so that's going to be interesting. Um, it's only a small field. Uh, he's on the way back. And um, uh, I've got uh, two of Norm's brothers are going around. Tinker Pate's having his, his first look back for a little while. And uh, I think Mabel, he's won his last 
last two. I think he's won three of his last four and uh, probably his biggest challenge tonight as well. So, yeah, a little bit exciting. Sounding like a pretty promising night. Where did the name Tinker come from? Uh, funnily enough, my father's nickname was uh, Tinker Bob and uh, the first dog we had about six or seven years ago, his kennel name was Bobby. So when we raced name, it was... Tinkerbob, and uh, that's just sort of stuck thereafter. That's a, a brilliant story. I love the uh, the method behind naming greyhounds. Hey, for you, where, where, where did you first get involved in greyhound racing and how? Um, uh, when I was about 12 or 13, my uh, best mate's dad was a bloke called Maxie Scott, who many would know out there, and um, the Scots lived about half, half a dozen doors up from us every night after school. We'd be lead walking dogs, taking them out for their, for their exercise, and uh, that was sort of true most of my high school years, and then I got into a, a career in real estate, which uh, um, probably was when we bought Tinker Bob about six years ago. That uh, that was our first race dog that we had. We didn't actually train at that stage, and about four or five years ago, we bought a property to set up to start breeding some dogs, and it was about two years ago that we started training a couple. So, um, yeah, a bit, a bit of a change of scenery. And, mate, a, a, a relatively successful change of scenery as well, from real estate agent uh, to greyhound trainer. We've uh, had a few uh, former real estate agents who have made their way over. Uh, Daniel Weber, who was on last week's edition, actually, was a real estate agent as well. Mate, uh, three runners going around at the Meadows on Saturday night. We'll start by having a look at Tinker Crystal, who's drawn race two, number two. Uh, nice little yep. win at Geelong two starts ago, but rising a bit in class for this uh, Metro event. Yeah, look, um, she's very honest. She'll try. Um, I think there's a couple of pretty smart ones in that field, which uh, the red goes pretty good, and I think it might be the five, or four or five or something there as well. Um, I've got an inkling she might be able to jump and lead. If she does, she'll create a little bit of luck for herself. But uh, I, I think we're playing for the, the first four players in that field. But um, Get out on the bunny at the Meadows and hold the rail. You never know what can happen thereafter. What about uh, Tinker Fran, drawn race nine, box number seven, racing in good form, and, and you picked up some nice prize money with a sneaky little third at Geelong in that field of three last week. Yeah, look, James, I, I don't know whether I made the right call or I didn't there. I'd actually set it for the princess, and um, I realised early on the day there was only two nominations for the staying races. She, she made it as a reserve for the bold trace. Just before Christmas, she, she can run the trip. Uh, the plan was always to sort of continually step her back up to it. And um, I, I can say with two minutes to go before noms closed, I, I pulled the nom from the princess and, and put her into the staying race. Um, it looked beautiful for about 400 metres before Moraine Theatre <laughs> just, uh, just found about fourth, fifth and sixth gear and cruised on past us. But, um, yeah, look, she's, she's probably drawn where she wants to beat the Meadows. Uh, she'll step and go go quick early. Um, obviously she should be a lot more competitive in, in the field that she's in there but again I think we've drawn a, a dog called a fire that uh, was 29.85 last week week before so might have our work cut out there but again hopefully we can get forward in that race and hold on with a bit of luck You wouldn't have been disappointed with her run though for a first go back over 680 and like you say she hadn't had a lot of work to run the staying journey and the, I, I think the field of three played into the pools of Moraine Susie as it turned out and Osprey Athene had been flying so even though she ran out of yep. legs late you would have been pretty happy with the performance I reckon I, I was and the, the theory or the logic was if it was three in and she only had to beat one home and she'd be in a $75,000 final and um, I always felt she'd have more chance of winning the final than she would have winning uh, a three-dog race. So, um, 
anyway, so it is what it is. She she's pulled up pretty good from it. Um, she does work really good in the runs, which is the only reason it gave me a bit of confidence to put in that field. But no, was not disappointed with her efforts at all. Ruffy in the last uh, race twelve, number three. Now you sent me a message just recently, a private message, and said, Jimmy, can you make sure the pronunciation of this one's right? Tinker Yvonne going around in race number twelve. I think a couple of callers might have been getting it a little bit wrong, and I I'm first to put my hand up, uh, Craig. When I first started race calling, this is I'd say almost fifteen years ago. Um, there's a yes, trainer man. down in Gippsland called Yvonne Andrews. Um, and I mm-hmm. reckon for the first three years that I was training greyhounds, I'd, I'd never heard of the name Yvonne, or I'd heard of it, but I didn't realise that was the pronunciation. So I was saying, you know, such yeah. and such has won the race at Terrelgan, trained by Yvonne Andrews, is what I was calling her, and I reckon I did that for three years. <laughs> yep. yep. So I, I, we'll let the callers off now, but what about what about her drawn box number three? How do you, how do you see the, the race playing out? Uh, she... Uh Went post to post, ran home in 11.83 there two weeks back. Um, she, she's got the ability and the capacity. She just needs to improve her box manners a little bit. Three, uh, it could be good and it might not be. Um, we make it around the turn in the first two or three. We could feature fairly prominently. Um, if she decides to miss the kick, she'll try and run five wide around the field, which she, she's done the majority of her career. Um, uh, won't surprise me to see her in the money but uh, again she, she'll be a roughie for a reason and it's on paper it looks that way but uh, she's certainly got a big motor that little girl and uh, the name Yvonne itself is actually my grandmother's uh, my grandmother's name and Nan's 99 so wow. um, and still kicking but, um, yes uh, that's that was the significance of that little name and I do thank the race callers for correcting their pronunciation as well Brilliant, mate. Uh, we do our best uh, when we can. Hey, just as I let you run, you've got seven greyhounds going around between the Meadows on Saturday night and this evening. A few few lucky listeners will get the uh, the podcast prior to Warnable commencing tonight. Out of those seven, who do you rate as your best chance? Uh, who do I rate as my best chance? Uh, I'm going to go with my young pup, Tinker Connell, at, uh, at Warnable tonight. Although uh, I've actually got three in tomorrow night at... Um, at Bendigo as well, and think you can beautifully box over the 500 there. But we'll uh, we'll go with the young pup tonight. Um, having his second start, he really impressed me last week. He, he lived in, he ran good time, and uh, I think he'll improve on that as well because he's never been over more than 400 before last week. So. Well, mate, you've given us more than we asked for. I'm going to follow that one at Bendigo on uh, Friday night as well. Don't you worry about that. Uh, as I do let you go, and I, I promise this is the last question, uh, or maybe the second last question, actually. When you when you decided to take up Greyhound training six, seven years ago from being a real estate agent, what would you say now? Would, are you happy you made the move to the, what do they call it, the sea change to Greyhound racing or the tree change? Yeah, it went from working 60 hours a week to about 110, so... <laughs> But you love it. <laughs> I'm a sucker for punishment, James. No, look, the, we love the dogs. It's uh, it's relentless, I must say. You know, I, don't, I haven't had a day off in four years. Um, <laughs> and, you know, racing tonight at the ball, racing tomorrow, I won't be home till late from Bendigo. And then, of course, I'm in race 12 at uh, the Meadows on Saturday night, as I was last week. So, um, look, it's, it's par for the course. But... Um, it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work as well. Mm. And one race you'd love to win as a trainer? Um, the next one I'm in. <laughs> Good answer. Good on you, Craig. It's been great to have a chat, mate. Good luck with all of those runners over the next few days. 
Thank you. Happy travels. And that's it for this episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. I trust you've enjoyed it. It's been a good one. Craig was uh, was great, and he gave a really good insight to a few of his runners. I think we might have a little uh, responsible wager on that run at Warnable, the one at Warnable, the runner at Warnable, and uh, the Greyhound going around at Bendigo on Friday. Until next time, punters, uh, you know the drill. Safe travelling and happy punting.